Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johanna Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. Comedy. Can you identify the TV show theme for a lovely prize? We have sport with David Sheehan. I round off the sound of music. And we're heading to Sweden on this afternoon's show to touch in, touch base with one of our regulars, Patrick Riley there. And more besides coming up over the next couple of hours. Thank you for your company. We're delighted you're with us again this afternoon. If you want to join in the conversation, usual number is 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp or text number. Or you can call in on 0419832000. Now, yesterday we were talking about the cost of everything and the cost of living. And we're continuing along that theme today on the show. And a, a, a big occasion coming up for many families soon. Yes, First Communion. One woman we always turn to because she has her finger on the pulse. She, she has a big group of followers and uh, she shares information profusely that helps everybody. She's from mams.ie. Siobhan O'Neill White, welcome back to the show. Hi, Jerry. Thank you for joining me again today. Before we get on to the communion thing, and I know you've done a lot of work for us on, on that front, um, just in general terms, we were talking yesterday about the cost of groceries, the utility bills, filling your car, everything. The government has come back since we spoke yesterday with an increased uh, range of packages, in particular €200 Euro now for the electricity. Uh, some other bits and pieces as well, retrofitting homes to save on energy, that'll take time. And, of course, public transport making it cheaper from your own perspective as a mammy and from your group, how do you feel about, about what's been announced? I, I think they just haven't got a clue. They really, they really, really haven't got a clue. And some of the comments coming out of politicians in the last couple of weeks, you know, people should shop around for better value. And um, there, was, there was an interesting one earlier, a politician was, was going on about how they really do understand. But, you know, senior civil servants are getting huge pay rises where people... You know, ordinary people are not getting huge pay rises. But I've actually noticed, um, I've been keeping an eye on prices in some of the supermarkets as well. And I would say that over the course of the pandemic, the last two years, supermarkets will have done very, very well. It was the one place everybody was going to and, you know, spending money because we couldn't really go out and we couldn't do things. And I've noticed a lot of price increases. Just this week, I was looking at it in... um, I don't know, should I say the shop or not, but yes. things that I would buy, like done stores, things that I would buy every week, like cloth, kitchen cloth, I noticed are up 50 cent. The chicken pack I would buy, that's up 50 cent. I've noticed little increases around the shop and things like that. And I don't really know how they can justify that at the moment because the supermarkets have done phenomenally well out of everyone in the last two years. So for them to be putting their prices up as well, as well as the petrol, as well as, you know, the my ESB bill came in and I nearly had a stroke when I seen it. And we'd be, you know, not leaving on the immersion, not leaving the lights on and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So prices are going up everywhere and people are under so much pressure. It's really difficult time. So I honestly, I think the politicians should all be getting the pup payment for a couple of weeks and see how they could live on that. And like, they really need to learn because they are, they're so out of touch. They haven't got a clue. Interesting from uh, the point of view of people who are struggling every day and finding it tough. I'm sure the, the supermarkets, and you only named one there, it's the same with others as well, prices oh, are yeah. going up. Uh, you know, they'll say, well, 
it's costing more for us to buy in and then we have to put our bid onto it, etc. You know, they'll always have an answer for that. They but have an excuse, sure, don't they? Always have an yes. excuse. I just, it's, I just think it's, it's really mean, you know. People are definitely under pressure financially. And when you see those prices um, going up in the place where we've all been spending most of our money, mm. that just doesn't sit right with you. You make a good point. You make a good point that I haven't heard before. And the other thing I was just thinking since yesterday, and, and I know the, this carbon tax rise is coming in, and we're all conscious we've got to do our bit. You know, this world is heating up and there's yeah. trouble ahead for future generations. But couldn't they just pause that uh, rise uh, because of the carbon tax, even for six months to tr- until the heat comes out of this situation, Siobhan? Yeah, you know, and like we, we need to replace our windows. They're desperate. And we know that that's going to be a big cost for us this year. And we've been, we shopped around and we got all the quotes and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to replace our windows this year. But we're not spending enough money to get a grant to help us with that. So it's something that we fully accept we need to pay for. We need to, you know, the heat is flying out of the windows that we have. They're old, they're not great. So we fully accept this is something that we need in our house to make the house more you know, eco-friendly, we'll have the heating on less and things like yeah. that. Um, but we'd have to spend, I think, 25 or 35,000 euros to get some, some money back. Yes. So even when they're saying, put solar panels in your roof and there's grants for this and there's grants for that, there is, but you have to spend quite a lot to get anything back. So yes. I don't think that the... Like, even if somebody needs to get new windows in their house, you could be looking between ten and 20,000 euros, depending on the size of the house. There's no support for that. There's no help with that. So they're not really encouraging, in my opinion, they're not really encouraging you to make those changes, to make your home, you know, more efficient. Yes. So um, I, I just think, yeah, they're handling it just all wrong at the moment. Yeah, the, uh, I hear what you're saying. There's, uh, you know, people, savings have gone up over the pandemic. We know that there's a lot of yeah. money has been put by, but there's a lot of people as well who wouldn't have that type of money. It just would be way yeah. beyond them. 20,000 euro to have it, to put into something like that. God almighty, they have it. If they have savings, they're probably keeping them for a rainy day in case anything yeah. else happens, you know? Well, that's uh, where our savings are going. Mm. That's what we saved up for during the pandemic yep. was the windows because we weren't going out. Yes. We weren't doing anything. Yep. But like... You know, my husband was saying to me, there's probably some sort of grant. I was like, you mad? We're not spending enough to get a grant, and we're mm, not. So mm. they're not really, in in reality, the government are not really encouraging people, even with recycling. They don't give you the right information. So I just think, yeah, they're they're penalising people more and not really giving people options to reduce their energy bills in a positive way. So I just think the government are getting it all wrong. Okay, you should throw your hat into the ring someday and go in and shake them up. I offer, I've said that before about you in the past. Anyway, look, let's talk about what we were going to talk about, the main matter. And thank you for talking about those current issues as well. But you headed up because uh, First Communions are back this year. You know, people will be able to go along. There'll be all the palaver around them before, afterwards, the dressing up, etc. Let's talk about the expense, the dresses themselves. You've been doing a bit of work on this. Yeah, I mean, look, you can spend €700 on a communion dress if you want to. You can go into a bridal store and you can get a really nice dress for for a child. Um, And I know mammies on mams.ie who have spent €700 on a dress. And, you know, some of them will say, I've only got one daughter and I wanted to make it special for her. And, you know, if you have loads of money and you want to spend €700 on a dress, away you go. Mm. But, you know, a lot of people are feeling the pinch at the moment, so... Um, I spotted last week, I was saying this to Louise, your producer, that I, I spotted communion dresses in Mr. Price for €20. Euro. Mm. And the thing is, when you go into the shop, they're kind of on a rail and they're kind of covered in plastic and they don't really look much. But actually, when you get up close and have a look at them, they're really, really lovely. I think um, it's maybe the way, it's, it's a discount store, so they're not going to be presented in the same way as they would be in a boutique yes. or a place like that. So I think once you take the the plastic wrapping off, they're actually lovely. So you can get dresses. It doesn't have to be a huge expense. Um, Would you be happy to put your daughter into a Mr. Price dress for that money? Do you think, you know, you believe it's a lovely dress and you'd have no issue with it? No, I'd have no problem with that. Okay. Um, And one of my daughters, for her communion, we were out and about and she's seen a dress in Monsoon on sale. It was 40 quid and she was like, Mum, this is the dress I want for my communion. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Yep, yep, yep. And that's what we got. So I think a lot of the times the children don't really want anything that elaborate. Some kids do. My my other daughter was like, I want the biggest, poofiest dress I can possibly get. <laughs> um, but if you're, if you're clever about it and you yeah. shop around and you look around, TK Maxx are very good. 
Duns will have dresses. They will start at fifty euro and go up to one hundred and fifty euro. So some of them can be very fairly pricey, but they they can be really nice as well. The fifty quid ones. What we did was um, bridal shops will have annual sales. So if you're if you're organised and you know that there's going to be a sale in your local bridal store, you can pick up a really stunning, fabulous dress for you know forty fifty quid. And we did that for summer two years ago. Um, Alexander Bridal in Parnell Street they have a big communion sale every year we went in a few months before her communion and we got her this beautiful dress and it was €275 and we got it for 50 quid. Wow. Um, It was absolutely beautiful it was so and and we got to take her into the shop and she went into the changing room and she put it on um, and we bought a size up because of obviously it was a few months away Yes. but then Covid hit and that dress didn't fit her because by the time she made her communion it was nearly a year later mm. and the shop exchanged it for us for another dress and didn't charge us. Oh, good on them. Yeah. That's so, and they great. That for 12 mammies as far as I know because they said it wasn't our fault, the dresses hadn't been worn, tags were still on and that was Alexander Bridal in Parnell Street in Dublin and I just think that kind of customer service is yes. what we need right now. Yeah, absolutely. What about charity shops, uh, mm. Siobhan? And when I say that, people probably recoil, oh no! No, charity shops are brilliant for communions. Think about it this way. My daughters are little devils. They all play Gaelic. They're mucky little sods. They have the communion dress on for maybe two or three hours and then they want it off so they can get onto Bouncy Castle or whatever it is they want to do. So the children don't really wear the dress all that much. So when they go to the charity shop, they're usually in a really, really good condition and a charity shop is not going to put something out that's not yes. in good condition. And you can pick up a dress in a charity shop for 15 quid. And like the quality, so you can pick up wedding dresses in charity shops mm. as well. They have amazing, you know, there's um, St. Vincent de Paul shop in Drogheda. It's brilliant. I would go in there and I would say to the girls, um, if you had a communion coming up and you were looking for a dress, they'd keep an eye out for you and they might give you a buzz when something comes in. So there's a really nice sense of community yes. in the charity shops. And we're all supposed to be more eco-friendly and sustainable. True. And we should be buying less clothes and wearing clothes more often. Um, so that's an important thing to do. The zip yard on West Street is amazing. There's zip yards everywhere. Well, I had a dress for my sister. I was a bridesmaid and it was such a beautiful dress and I wanted to wear it again took it into the zipyard, had it made from a long dress into a short dress and I wore it to a wedding last two years ago, just before the pandemic. Mm. And I, I will wear that dress again and it cost me 25 quid to have it altered. So you can do that with a communion dress. Yep. Then you can have a communion dress made into a christening gown. You could have a wedding dress made into a communion dress and a christening gown. So if you have something that you want you know, to be transformed, they're amazing in the zipyard and it's not a huge amount of money and you're getting more wear out of the garment. And yes. especially if you turn a wedding dress into a Christmas shawl, it becomes so special mm. that all of your children will wear it and then your grandchildren... Pass it, it on. Becomes, it becomes something special. It's an heirloom in the family then. Around the whole communion thing, uh, it's important to mention, I know pennies are great for all the other stuff, the shirts, pennies chinos, yeah, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Pennies have chinos, shirts, sticky bows and braces. There's your boy sorted. And if you do want to get a suit... I love best wear on Shop Street in Drogheda. They do three-piece suits for boys. They're absolutely gorgeous and they're never expensive. So you don't have to spend a load of money. That shop's legendary because when schools schools are coming back, there's queues outside <laughs> it, <laughs> communions on the way. They I certainly know. have a tick on their years in the business. Just before yeah. you go, to, uh, a moment please, around the whole area of, you know, do we go for the big slap-up mm. meal afterwards? What do we do? What do you say there? I actually, what we did the last couple of times is we got deli food from Relish. So we got like curry, chicken and broccoli bake, um, cakes from Relish. Honestly, for like 100, 150 quid, you can get so much food. And we even got a cake, a communion cake, and it was it was 30 euro for the cake, and it was fabulous. Mm. So, you know, you can do it yourself. You can get everybody in the family to bring a dish. You know, we have people who make really great apple cakes. We have, my aunt makes a great lasagna. I would often say to them, bring a lasagna, bring a cake. People are happy to do that. So you don't have to put yourself under a huge amount of pressure. But, you know, making sandwiches and making lasagnas yourself all week, you get yourself absolutely wrecked. So for the sake of maybe 100 or 150 quid, deli food is a great option. You can pick it up that yeah. day, set it out on the table, a couple of paper plates, and you can get bamboo knives and forks in pound shops, Mr. Price's place like that now, and they can all go into the compost bin. 
Yeah. So you're good. not making a load of plastic mess as well. Well, look at there's so much to mull over there and so many options. We thank you. You've done your research brilliantly as mm-hmm. usual for us. And again, it's just another thought uh, here we had of helping people at this time, Siobhan. You know what I mean? Yeah, when the pressure is on and every euro counts. I thank you for joining me. Mams.ie. You're getting back on the road as well. Oh, yeah, we'll be back yeah. out about dinner events soon. Good. And listen, anyone who's listening in, I'm going to be doing communion competitions. We'll do jewellery and stuff like that. So go down to Mams on Facebook and Mams.ie and keep an eye because there will be some nice stuff Lovely. coming um, and that'll help people too. Siobhan O'Neill White, as always, thank you for joining me on the show. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. That woman, she just has our finger on the pulse, as I say. And I know people are delighted this year and looking forward to the communions, but you don't have to break the bank, as uh, Siobhan uh, has told us there. There's a message in to say, beautiful uh, dresses in new to you in Kells, and you won't break the bank either. 25 to 30 euro, says a listener. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. We're back with your comedy on Friday in a moment. Your comedy on late lunch this Friday comes from Only Fool and horses and in particular Roger Lloyd Pack who am I talking about God he passed away in 2014 Trigger in Fools and Horses uh, Roger played he was also Owen Newitt do you remember him in The Vicar of Dibley well today I want to remember him and I have three classic cuts from Fools and Horses where he talks about his brush the surprise party but first here's Trigger trying to sell Del Boy some dodgy briefcases what are you selling? This. I've got 25 of them all told. The others are in the car. I thought I won't wrap it up. Parcels attract attention these days. Best to carry it openly. Then it don't look conspicuous. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good thinking, that trick. Yeah, very really good thinking. Goes so well with your slingback Wellington boots and your off the shoulder bulky <laughs> jacket. Look like an executive hod carrier. Wait, <laughs> Rogers, what do you think of this? Infradig, innit, eh? It's plastic. Plastic. It's old English vinyl. <laughs> Combination locks. Yeah, dinky little handle. I don't know. Might be able to push some of them around the old squash club, say. Eh? Shouldn't think? have anything to do with them, Del. Police most probably looking for them right now. <coughs> Tell us the truth. Are the police looking for these things, Trick? No, they're not, Del. And that's the truth. Why are you hiding it under the table, then? Well, because you never know when they're going to start looking for them, do you? <laughs> Oi, we're partners. At least respect my opinion. All right, all right, Ronnie. I'll respect your opinion. How much? To you, Del Boy, £17 each. You know what happened to the real trigger, don't you? Roy Rogers had him stuffed. (laughs) All right, then. 14. 14. Leave it out. 5. 12. 6. 10. 9. Eight. Done. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Is it you? Is it you, Trigger, that organised all this? I'll turn it up, Del Boy. Trigger couldn't organise a prayer in a mosque. <laughs> I got lost on my way here. Been coming to this pub since you were 16. I know, I found a pub, all right? I mean, I couldn't find this room. I'll be standing in your dance hall for the last hour. <laughs> All the lights are out, Trick. I know. <laughs> You've been standing in the dock for an hour? Yeah. I thought we was all going to jump out and surprise them. <laughs> but there's no-one else in there. But I didn't know that, did I? The lights were out. This old broom has had 17 new heads and 14 new handles in its time. Can it be the same bloody broom? Well, here's a picture of it. What more proof do you need? <laughs> oh, my God, oh my dear. It brings back memories, doesn't it? <laughs> Fools and Horses and the one and only Trigger, <laughs> the broom. It's a classic, isn't it? Anyway, comedy, nothing like a good old laugh on a Friday afternoon and we'll have more for you this day next week on the show. Moving on on the show this afternoon, Operation Transformation is in full flight on RTE1. They have the uh, leaders and people are 
tuned in and following it and buying the foods and doing the exercise, etc., etc. But a local company got a huge endorsement this week from the show. Yes, EVB Sports. We were there at the beginning with Yvonne Brady when she launched this. She ran with Team Carrie, got to know her well. She's a lovely lady. She had an idea and she's developed it into something special. And joining me today to have a chat about their endorsement and more besides, I'm delighted to say hello to Lizzie Doran from EVB Sport. Hello, Lizzie. Hello, Jerry. Thanks a million for having me on. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Well, I believe that uh, the phones hopped after you got the, the thumbs up from Operation Transformation. We got, we were coming in, coming in to us at all angles, so it was, Jerry. We had the phones, the emails, we had still going, it's still going. But it's brilliant. We did, we got a lovely mention there on Operation Transformation this week from the fantastic pelvic health physiotherapist, Shalini Wiseman. Now we work, we work with Cellini. We she's amazing at what she does. She's based down in Cork. And Kathleen Hurley, for people who've been following Operation Transformation, would know she's very bravely and openly spoken about her challenges with urinary incontinence. And on the show this week, we saw how Kathleen went in with the problem with her pelvic floor. And she was guided in the next step and the next direction. And that's what we're all about at EVB. We want people to get to the next step on their own journey, to be able to benefit themselves, give them back the confidence to do what they want to do. So it'll be very um, interesting now to see next week how Kathleen got on with the shorts, because that was her main advice for this week was to try the EVBs and see how she gets on. Well, look, we await with bated breath, but I can tell you she's going to come back with only positivity because this product has helped so many women in Ireland and now across the world with the pelvic floor issue. Now, for you, you just tell us a little bit about yourself. How long are you with EVB? Yeah, so I'm, well, for people listening, I'm my name is Lizzie Doran. I'm working with EVB now about nine months. I came here as a 24-year-old, very little knowledge about women's health and pelvic floor challenges. And I have, my eyes have been opened to what women go through and how they suffer in silence. And it's a global problem. It's a pandemic in itself. We have women coming to us from from every corner of the world. And um, we have, we do um, virtual fitting appointments on mm. uh, as a, a service we provide on our website. Uh, that gives us the opportunity to meet these women who are of all ages from all over the world. So with different issues and they are coming to us like I've never heard of anything that's a support garment or I don't know what a pelvic floor physiotherapist is. So it really is like the awareness isn't out there and neither is the education. And um, so it is, it's wild now coming into a job like this and been exposed to this kind of what's going on. So you in your early 20s as a young woman, this is not on your radar at all. You know nothing about it. And, uh, you know, when you uh, join uh, Yvonne there, your, as you said, your eyes are opened. Also, I, I know this, uh, and uh, you guys carried out a, a quite extensive survey of women, didn't you? And you, again, it emphasises the the extent of this problem. Tell us what the survey revealed. Yeah, so we posed a question to our social media community, and the question was, has a pelvic floor dysfunction stopped you from exercising? And if so, how? And out of those responses... We got 88% of people coming back to us saying that it has. That's about 160 people that came back to us saying, yes, a pelvic force function has stopped me from exercising. And then the women who went in, now that's a staggering figure in itself. That's mm. insane. And um, we all know, going back to operation transformation, we all know how important exercise is for you, one, physically and two, mentally. It can have the detrimental effect it can have on someone to say, you cannot now exercise because you have a pelvic force function or you're afraid to exercise. But then from the survey, we then, the women came back to us and they told us a bit about their own stories. And if you don't mind, I'll just, I'll reach out one or two brief ones, what they said. So just one woman saying, she came back to me and said, I can't run and I couldn't run anymore because, not only because I was wetting myself, but because that was making me cry and making me upset. That that just highlights both points there of how Mm. important, how, what it has on you physically and mentally. And then I have another one here. So I haven't run since giving birth 16 months ago because of prolapse. I used to run twice a week and I've ran marathons. So you have someone there who's gone from living a very active lifestyle. They uh, they have this outlet of going out, moving, getting the blood flowing. It has every, all the benefits. We all know the benefits of exercising. Who's now gone to doing nothing. Mm. So that one can have, to not have, the, to be able to go out and do what you want to do. 
it just has really insane effects on women. And it's so sad to see, but there is hope for these women. We actually sent out all these stories to Shalini Wiseman, the pelvic health physio who was on operation transformation. Yeah. And I just said to her, Shalini, what do you think? What is, do, is there hope for these women? Is there a next step for these women? And she said, of course there is. If these women take the opportunity and they say, okay, I'm gonna, we always say, get assessed by a GP and a pelvic health physiotherapist, get medical advice, and then work towards small goals, exactly what they're doing in operation transformation. Kathleen went on and she had a problem. She now got an assessed by the medical team and now she's taking the next step to try supplemental support. So it is about making these small goals and working towards those small goals. There is no quick fix. There is no shortcuts. But there is, if you commit and you have the patience, you can get amazing results. Yeah, so it's not the end of the line. That's the message we want to get out there today to all women. If you have a pelvic problem, it can be sorted and there are ways and means to help you get back. And look at, without exercise or movement, we're all in trouble. Now, of course, you do the floor exercise, the pelvic exercise as well. That's part and parcel of it. But just remind us again about EVB, what you do and how you can support through your product. So how EVBs work is they are an engineered clothing garment there basically is a flat line panelling from the abdominal around to the lower back that essentially acts like the hammock or sling effect. And that basically gives you an uplift from underneath. So by relieving your pelvic floor while you are loading the pelvic floor, it means your pelvic floor isn't going to fatigue uh, as what it would if you didn't have support on. Essentially, as Shalini put it, it's like a sports bra for your pelvis. It's another tool in the kit. And it's made such a transformation there's no this goes without saying a difference to thousands upon thousands of women here in this country and and abroad and is continuing to do so come back to this um consultation service you have uh tell me more about that because i'm sure you've uh people listening attentively to us today and say god almighty i i need to talk to these people yeah, so with the with the consultation service, you can come on to EDB. Now, we're not medical practitioners. We have an, a wealth of knowledge from the experience and from the years that we've all been in business in this industry. We can guide women in the right direction. But with the services, with the virtual appointments, what we do is, so you come on, you book an appointment with us. It's a 15-minute slot. You tell us kind of as much or as little as what you want to say, and we can guide you on sizing. And if it's a case where we can give you, we can ex- give you resources that will help you and your benefits. So help you on your journey. So say someone comes on and they say, hi, I have a prolapse and I have not gone to physiotherapy and I don't really know what to do. We could say to them, that's no bother. We would, we always say get checked out by a physiotherapist and we explain how the EDBs work and how they might be of benefit to you. And then we always say how we take the waist measurement and the hip measurement for the EDBs. And then we guide you on size and product. And then for the EDBs, we have a portfolio of products and some would be better for high impact and some would be better for low impact mm. activities. Back to you and being a young lady. Um, what about, you know, when you think of how your eyes have been opened since you joined EVB and thinking in the context here I am of of young women all over. Do you think this is something that needs to be introduced to girls, women at a younger age or should you just leave it till the problem hits? Well, I first thing I said when I came in to work here was, why are we not taught this in school? Why is this not in our education? It's insane. Prevention is better than any cure. And I like the EDB should be worn as a preventive method. In my eyes, I would say it is another tool. In the, like, you don't go out on your bike without your helmet for that prevent for that protection. It's the same for the pelvic floor. Having that bit of support. So I think it should 100% be implemented into education for girls and probably for men as well, because mm. obviously men are going to go down the line and get into the medical industry as well as women. So it'd be great to have that knowledge behind them when they go into these industries. Um, I think it should 100% be brought into education across the board. And especially when you come to exercise as well, to be mindful. Like we know that running and gymnastics, we know how detrimental these can be on the pelvic floor. So, so to have the knowledge before you start these things and to know how to protect yourself whilst you're doing these things could really help people. But just from my own experience, like I have friends now and peers who have spoken to me over the last couple of months and opened up to me and asked me about advice about pelvic floor challenges. Like I've got a friend who's post baby and there's been a couple of, you know, getting back into exercise after baby can be a, a regular role in itself. 
but she wouldn't have opened up to me if I wasn't in this line of work. So I think it is very important to raise awareness about pelvic challenges and about breaking, stimulating the conversation and breaking this taboo. It is about women. There is about women's health and especially among young women, because I think it will be young women who, the women now who will make the change. Yes. In women's health. Yes, and with time, they will approach uh, this phase of their lives as well. Look, I, I, I can only imagine the the fear this causes, the embarrassment, the worry. And when all that is taken away, my God, isn't it just uh, refreshing to think that uh, it is possible and that ye are part of the solution there. Just before you go, remind us, like for anyone listening today, the easiest way to get in touch with you, Lizzie. Easiest way to get in touch with us is by phone or by email. You can get me at info at evpsport.com and we'll, we'd love to chat to you. Lovely. Well, listen, I've enjoyed thank chatting you. to you this afternoon. Uh, thank you indeed for joining us on the show and wish you well and congratulations on the endorsement and we'll all be watching next week to see the outcome. Have a nice weekend. Thanks for having us on, Jerry, and thanks for the continued support. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's uh, Lizzie Bye-bye. Doran there from EVB Sport. That's evbsport.com if you'd like to get in touch with them there. And as I say again, uh, I remember Yvonne Brady joining me here at the started that journey and my god haven't they gone places since then congratulations to her and her team there it's a great local story you're at late lunch on lmfm radio i have a prize to give away as i do each friday on late lunch all you have to do is identify the tv theme and we're going to play it for you after this break TV themes, themes from shows on TV. And we, we played the ad, uh, not ad, in there as well with a very familiar song. Today, it's a famous TV show. You need this number for the answer to win the prize. 086-1800-658. Store that number somewhere too. 086-1800-658. That's the WhatsApp and text number for LMFM. And when we're on, it's ours on late lunch. So, Louise, as a man on another show called Late Late used to say, roll it there, Louise. I think we have enough of that. Do you want a little more of it, Louise? A little more? Oh, go on. Go on. We might as well hear the whole lot. Go on, go on. Jeez, I nearly fell off the surfboard there. What's the name of that TV show, a famous TV show that theme is from? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Louise, I shouldn't have said that there, shouldn't I? Because I don't want to be giving it away. You know, I want to make it as difficult as possible. When I tell you there's nothing difficult in this show when we're giving away things, that's for sure. Louise, this has been... A, I'm going to let you all into a little secret now. This has been on the running order. Or we walk off running orders here on Late Lunch for how many days? All week, hasn't it? It's been there, maybe there since last week. We better talk about it because we, we just haven't got to it each day. Go on, you spotted this. Tell them what what, what we're going to talk about. Posh Spice yeah. eating the same food for 25 years and four days since it's been on the run in order. <laughs> I see. Did you put that in there? Yeah, uh, I never noticed it now. Good on you. Like four I, days ago. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, Posh has grilled fish and steamed veg. With any spices or no. sauces or anything? No, Nothing. seemingly not. Nothing. Um, apparently, um, her husband, David Beckham, was talking to somebody and he said that as far as he can remember, for the last 25 years, that's all she has eaten for her dinner every single day. Apart from once they were out and I think she was pregnant on her little girl, Harper. Yeah. And he can't remember what she ate, but he said she ate something different and he couldn't believe it. <laughs> Because he gets a real buzz from people I, trying I, I know foods. what she had that day. I actually know. I know what she had that day. Would you believe this? Baked I fish. know what she had. No, she had steamed fish and grilled veg. 
rather than grilled fish <laughs> and steamed veg. But would you not, how could she eat the same meal for 25 years? With nothing. I mean, she doesn't have mayonnaise, salt, nothing. She nothing on she it. She doesn't like anything Just like as it is. Mm. I wonder, is it the same fish every day and the same veg? She probably varies the fish species. I'd imagine And so. varies the veg as well, to be honest with but you. still. But still. And this is a fact. This is 25 years every day. You didn't say anything about Christmas Day, but I, I presume it's the same. I wonder. Absolutely. Mm. Well, look, I was... Could you th- do it? Well, no, not at all. Well, I tell you, I was thinking about this. And myself and Posh have something in common. Mm, believe it or not, Being we have. Posh. <laughs> <laughs> not on your Nelly. Um, I have a slice of toast with butter and marmalade every morning for my breakfast. Without fail. Every morning. Very few mornings I wouldn't have it. Maybe it was in holidays I'd go mad and have this type of breakfast. But honest to God, I oh. was thinking back when you said this. Now, my the, the death knell for me at breakfast time would be this. Do you want me to tell you what the death knell would be? But really, I couldn't take it. Kippers. Weetabix. <laughs> I Staple couldn't food in my have kitchen for the is kids. It? For the is kids, it? yeah. Really? Most mornings. I could not have Weetabix. It's you the know. fastest thing to eat when they're going to school. I suppose it is, but there's no flavour in it. There's nothing. <laughs> Do you know chipboard? You know chipboard? Add the chip banana and put honey on it. I think you could, might as well be eating chipboard with a drop of milk in it. That's just, now look at it. Now, wait. You, say, and you say marmalade. I'd heave at the thoughts of marmalade. Oh, marmalade oh. and toast. Louise, no. classic. Yuck. Classic. It's an absolute classic, marmalade and toast. Anyway, I'm always looking for different types of marmalade. But look, I'm not taking away. Weedabrix is a fine brand. Millions and billions of people eat it. Well, I tell you, Ava loves it. She has it for her breakfast as well. I know that. Most mornings going to school. I just can't take it. But I could not. I was trying to think of anything your else. dinner, like you said, like your favourite food. No. I think maybe no. when I was on some kind of diet or something years ago, I I might have had cauliflower rice and prawns every single day for about a month and I don't think I could ever eat prawns again. <laughs> no, I, I love just turned myself off. off I can it. tell you, I love prawns. I could have probably eat prawns every day. I used to love prawns. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't have that. Ra- I love, as I say, I think of a balance in my diet. You know, and each, if I think of, um, I'll just tell you, probably Monday we generally have lamb cutlets on Monday, right? Tuesday we'd have uh, little chicken breasts in the oven with baked potatoes and things like that. Wednesday is curry day for everybody else and ourselves included. Thursday is a sort of a, you wouldn't know what you'd have Thursday. Friday we usually, I might do a few homemade chips and things like that or we might go for a chipper on Friday evening. Saturday is fish in our house and Sunday is the Sunday roast and that's either beef or chicken or maybe turkey in season or a bit of lamb when it's nice. That's that's our week. You're very organised. That's our week. What? <laughs> You're very organised. But you know me, I am organised, aren't I? <laughs> My kids could end up with the heel of the bread or the God only knows what they have. Whatever, whatever time we get home with and if there's soccer or tempo, we just fit in the quickest thing well, to eat. Well, you know what? I'm nearly like my mother, Lord Emerson. God bless her, Mary, my mother. I think of her. She... You know, we knew each day what we had. She had a regime for the week. And when I think of it, <laughs> they say we become like your parents. I'm nearly like that too. But we do. But I love, you know me, Louise, I love trying different foods, especially if you're out and about or that or you're on holidays or things like that. I'd have a go at anything. And I try different things cooking. We have sort of a, a standard for the week each day, of course. But grilled fish and steamed veg every day for 25 years. 25 no. years. Think no. about Jerry. No, 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 no. Not possible. Not possible at all. Anyway, we better play this song. Is that queued up there? It'll be like Lady Gaga and we won't She'd get to it. She'd run a mile if she ever came to my house for dinner. <laughs> invite her, invite her. Anyway, we're heading to the break at two with Lady Gaga. Poker face. Coming up soon on the show. Patrick Riley in Sweden. Now we're heading to Sweden, as we have done from time to time over the last couple of years. We call him now our man in Sweden. I hope he doesn't mind us saying that. Patrick Riley, welcome back to the show. Afternoon, Jerry. Hope all's well. All's well here. And uh, just before we get into uh, the Swedish situation, you were home for a long weekend in December. How did you find it? Yeah, as I was saying to your colleague on the phone, it was quite a shock to the system to see everyone masked up and really uh, it was obvious that the pandemic was really happening in Ireland compared to in Sweden where 
like we said consistently for the past two years that hasn't they never had any lockdown so you know the, the only time that I ever really wore a mask was when I wanted to go into my local Apple store and they, I had to wear a mask if I wanted to buy a new iPad so it was different to be back home like if I got up off the chair to use the bathroom or something you, you had to put the mask on and Mm. But fortunately now that those days seem to be behind us. Now, it's a surprise when you got home here and we uh, had a, a tremendous response to abiding by uh, the regulations for the two years and in terms of the number of people who uh, have been vaccinated and now with the booster as well. Uh, Sweden ha- had a very uh, large uptake, hadn't you there in, in vaccination too? Yeah, I mean... That- They've already they've estimated that fifty percent of people have already had the third jab, and regarding the first and second jabs, it's in excess of eighty five percent. There's no mandatory vaccination, of course, but uh, that's why they scaled back the restrictions on Wednesday. So now pretty much life is uh, back to normal. And so, for example, you can go and use your local swimming pool. You can use every seat on the bus or the train. There's no need to show. Uh, Corona pass certificates to you know access events, and uh, so. But like we said before, that there never has been any really strong lockdown. There was no huge restrictions placed on your everyday life here compared to back home. So really, you you said that, and we've talked, and and you said Sweden was a little laissez-faire compared to the rest of Europe. They didn't, mm. you know, adopt the same level of restrictions. They really put it back to the people themselves to. They advised and asked people to comply, and and very compliant they were. But there's no testing is gone as well now, is it? There's testing has been there's, well. There's no free testing anymore. Yeah. Uh, if you work in healthcare. If you're a vulnerable patient or you're elderly, then you can then you're entitled to a free test. But no, if you want to get a test done, if you're concerned, you need to go into your local pharmacy and and buy one. So yeah, the, the free test is on the way because they said it was costing, you know, in excess of you know millions or certainly very hundreds of millions in terms of Swedish kroner, which. Uh, so no, that, that they've done away with that and they're now relying on the high vaccination uptake and. People obviously continuing to, you know, maintain this, you know, maintain distance within reason and, you know, practice safe hygiene. But, you know, there's no requirement now that you have to work from home. But a lot of employers uh, are still encouraging people to work from home. And uh, the workplace has changed in many ways because people have got used to working from home for two years. So there isn't the same need to be physically in an office anymore. I see your Prime Minister, uh, Magdalena Anderson, saying, you know, and, and emphasising as well in, in, when she was announcing this, that the pandemic is not over, but it's in a totally new phase, even though infection rates remain relatively high. Uh, like ourselves here, yeah, the burden on the hospitals, there, there isn't a burden on the, on, on the hospitals anymore. Um, you know, w- when you reflect on the last two years and, you know, ultimately um, many thousands of people lost their lives in Sweden like in Ireland mm-hmm. and like uh, in Europe and, and all over the world and we said remember you and I talked about this and we said when this is sort of over the day will come when the analysis will be done Sweden the outlier compared to the rest of Europe would it not completely over how do you think or do you think now in hindsight Sweden was right that you know they got it more right than the rest of us well you have to point out one of the major flaws was this catastrophic catastrophic failure in the elderly care. That's where a lot of the uh, people that died mm. uh, that happened. So 15,000 dead is very, very high if you compare it with the neighbouring Nordic countries. But it's quite low if you compare it with other European countries that did impose very strong lockdowns like France. Obviously, that is a much bigger population. But yeah, we will... In the fullness of time, we will analyze this. I mean, Sweden always maintained that they wanted to keep essential services open, like schools. They didn't think it was going to benefit uh, society if they closed schools because then staff, you know, the parents would have to be at home and they could be essential workers in healthcare. You know, they're forecasting that there could be a a mental health pandemic that's, you know, probably going to play out in the future for people that have missed so much school. And, you know, Fortunately here, there hasn't been that case that remote learning was implemented for older children that are in secondary school. But for example, my own children, you know, they, they haven't missed a day of school unless they were, you know, 
they were ill, yeah, but not with COVID. You know, the, the school has always remained open and that's kind of kept things functioning, kept life as normal as possible. Isn't that interesting when you think that here in Ireland we had one of the longest lockdowns and one of the longest mm. out-of-school phases of any country in the world. Uh, we, we were on the other extreme of that, but your children, there you are, haven't missed a day unless they, they were ill or whatever themselves. Um, in terms of, you know, people analysing this, back to that point again where people, you know, in Ireland have been very compliant as well, huge uptakes in, in vaccines, but there, there's a, a small but significant section who haven't taken the vaccine and really didn't believe that this was as dangerous or virulent as we were being told. How does that pan out in Sweden? Is that voice, uh, you know, getting uh, traction? Yes, there have been anti-vax marches in uh in Stockholm and Gothenburg and in Malmo as well, where I'm based. So there's, there's definitely a segment of the population who are, haven't been vaccinated and are not going to get vaccinated. And you know, that's their right. Uh, but to, to, like we said before, the vast majority of people, 85% of the population have, have had one of the two jabs or two jabs, 50% have had a third jab. And, and that's why they believe that we can start to reopen again if, uh, if there hasn't been such a high vaccination uptake and people who are getting the new variant they're not getting as ill as they were first time round and for tourism and Sweden and it's a very open country it welcomes huge visitor numbers in normal circumstances every year what's the story with people travelling to Sweden if I go there tomorrow what will I need to get in yeah they've lifted the so if you're travelling from Europe you don't have to show any papers or anything anymore but they've maintained this travel restrictions until the 31st of March for non-EU or EEA travellers. Uh, but in all likelihood, that will probably be lifted because obviously they want to boost the tourism sector ahead of the summer, which is you know peak season for people coming here and uh, enjoying the, the good weather and the long evenings with the, with the, with the great weather. And the, so, yeah, I would suspect that those restrictions will be lifted because an actual report came out today that there's a huge uh, lack of staff to work in re- restaurants and pubs and cafes because a lot of them have to lay people off. So right now there's a big recruitment drive to get people to work uh, in that sector. So yeah, if there's anybody in Ireland looking for a summer job, they should probably come over here and they'll probably find a job quite easy working in a cafe or restaurant or one of the many Irish pubs. Well, well, I tell you, you'll you'll have a battle on your hands because we're in the same boat here because people have moved on, uh, Patrick. You know, people have left the hospitality sector that I'd say you'll never see back in it again and there's a huge numbers deficiency and I'd say you won't stand alone in Sweden or ourselves in Ireland with that. It's going to be hard to get people uh, back in and, and get uh, the industry running at the same level as it was pre-pandemic. But there you go, that's a lovely offer. Sweden be a lovely place to spend your summer at all. <laughs> of time as our Patrick can vouch for. Well here we are emerging not to say it's gone because across Europe, Germany the figures are high still uh, elsewhere too, too so it's still with us, uh, we are still living with it and we'll have to live with it but uh, interesting you know to watch Sweden and as we have been keeping an eye on during the last couple of years anyway you're freer to get back home and people can go visit you now so <laughs> it's a fairy tale ending hopefully and the one thing is the, the price of drink and the price cost of living has definitely increased as well. I, saw, I was reading that in Ireland, the property prices have gone through the roof. Mm. Oh, so for sure. Similar here. So, yeah. There you go. So if you go to Sweden, be prepared. It's the same uh, Europe over with the uh, energy situation and the cost of everything. Listen, we'll be in touch with you, I'm sure. But thank you again. I want to say this to you because we've sort of wound up with a lot of people we've been talking to during the last couple of years. But thank you for always being available to us uh, to chat to us and give us the situation from on the ground in Sweden this last two years. And I wish you good health and happiness, yourself and your family there uh, for the future, Patrick. And we will be in touch again. Thank you for taking our call again today. Thanks again. Take care. Take care. Patrick Riley there from the North East, based in Malmo in Sweden, uh, working as a journalist. And we thank him for joining us on the show through the last couple of years. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Yes, we got a huge response. It rung a bell. Yes, with you out there in late lunch land. Bookum Dano, murder one. Yes, 
It's a Y5O, of course. Famous, famous uh, TV show. Martin O'Hanron in uh, O'Hanron. I beg your pardon. Martin O'Hanron in Anagasson County, Louth. Uh, we're sending you out the wee prize today. And thanks to everybody who got in touch. And loads of you did by WhatsApp or text. And we'll spin another one for you next Friday on Late Lunch to test your knowledge of TV shows. Kojak it wasn't. The New Avengers it wasn't. Or the A-Team it wasn't either. They were some of the answers we got. It was Hawaii Five O. Did you watch Hawaii? Louise, no. Why am I asking you that question? Did you ever watch Hawaii Five O? I've never seen. Never, it. never seen it in your life. What was? Who was your favourite? Like the theme though. Ah, oh, it's lovely. It's a great yeah, it's song. Great. It really is a great song. Actually, I think there's a remake of Hawaii Five O going on. Is there? Going on. Yeah, at the moment as well. Have you seen it? Uh, no. No, but I used to watch the original. I used to watch the original for sure. It was huge. It was must-see on TV. Because I saw the original recently of Mag... No, sorry, a remake of Magnum, P.I. Oh. And Magnum is a lady. Oh, I see. Yeah, and it just... It's good, but it's just not the same. I don't give in to this Not as all. Tom Selleck like Ah, oh, there you go. Who is your favourite TV detective? If you had one that you'd say, uh, my favourite more than anybody else. Oh, I don't know. I love them all. Um, Jessica. <laughs> Murder, she wrote. Yeah, I love Murder, she wrote. Do you? Yeah. What about the little fellow with the cigar and the, the half-shut eye? Columbo. Columbo. Do you ever watch Columbo? <laughs> yeah, he's great. And the whole white coat in him. Peter Falk. I'm nearly sure it was Peter, it Falk. Peter Falk. Was yeah. it? Played Brilliant. the part of Columbo in that one. That was, that was a detective. Who's uh, yours? I love Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> when they came out first. I did. I loved them. You got red and white jackets. Yeah, the car and everything. (laughs) David Soul and who was the other fella? John Paul Glazier. No, was it Glazier, the other fella? I think the other fella was Glazier. I'm nearly sure that was his second name. But David Soul and him. And then, of course, Soul went on singing Don't Give Up on This Baby. Do you remember that one? The song went to number one. That was him from Starsky and Hutch. I love Starsky and Hutch. I really did. And I'm trying to think of another one. Kojak was a big one in the day. (laughs) Telly Savalas as Kojak. I love my... Midsummer Murders. Oh, yes. John, yeah, I love that. Is it John? What's his name? Is the There's star? two of them. I can't remember. Yeah. John. They're equally good. Sessions or Nettles or something. Like Nettles. That's it. What's it? Yeah. Am yeah. I right? That's it, yeah. There you are. There's an old, there's an old database in here sometime <laughs> that, com- <laughs> that comes good. It can't always be half asleep. Yeah, it's favourite TV detectives. Uh, Dixon of Doc Green. Oh, I'm going, no, you know nothing Never about that. Oh, no, didn't you? Didn't. I don't think there'll be too many listening today. Night would Rider. remember. Yes. Night yeah. Rider. Yeah. But Dixon used to come on a copper in England and the old gas like would be on. And it was a Saturday evening. Must view must see viewing on the BBC and he'd say evening all <laughs> and that was the start of Dixon it was indeed memories memories on your late lunch soundtrack of the week is from the sound of music and many people wonder the seven children whatever happened to them in the sound of music well I'll tell you what happened to every one of them Charmaine Carr was Liesel and she sang the song 16 going on 17 which we played this week already she passed away in 2016 she was 73 she was an interior designer Nicholas Hammond played Friedrich, the oldest boy. He has had a great career in the movies and on stage. When I mentioned Spider-Man, the movie, Lord of the Flies, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he appeared in all of those. Heather Menzies. Ah, she was Louisa and she died on Christmas Eve 2017. Most famous for appearing in Playboy magazine after the movie. She married Robert Urich, an actor and famous film producer. Dwayne Chase was young son Kurt Von Trapp. He was 13 when he played the part at the time. He quit quit acting altogether. He loves mountain climbing and geology. He got a master's degree in that. He's now a firefighter and works as a senior software engineer. Angela Cartwright was Brigitta and she became a professional photographer. Debbie Turner was Martha and she became listen to this you won't believe this a professional skier she was brilliant and subsequently has developed a business as a floral designer for weddings and events she's great business there and finally Kim Karath who played Gretel the youngest Von Trapp child went on to appear in a host of movies and TV shows including Lost in Space do you remember that one uh, she eventually left acting to establish the Oriella Foundation, an adult daycare programme for people with disabilities when they leave school. It's a wonderful foundation, it really is. And that's what happened, the seven of them. So there's five of them still alive and they get together 
frequently. You see, they're still a family. And what about Christopher Plummer, who died in 2021? Baron Von Trapp. And yes, when you think of the sound of music and Christopher Plummer, in your mind's eye and in your ear, you hear this. Yes, and it's goodbye to the sound of music this week. My featured soundtrack uh, from a movie musical on this show. And memories, memories there. God, it's a still all these years later, a, mem- um, a movie, should I say, that people absolutely love. And we'll bring you more. Another soundtrack next week from a musical or a movie on your late lunch. Now, final break of the afternoon on the way. And when we come back, I'll be having a chat with our presenter of Sunday Sport, David Sheehan, who looks ahead to the weekend in sport. Late lunch, Friday afternoon, final part of the show. And as usual, we look ahead to the weekend in sport and the company of our Sunday sport presenter, David Sheehan. David, good to have you with us again. Thanks, Jerry. Good to talk to you. Let's begin with the Six Nations rugby. And what a blow for Ireland yesterday. No one saw this coming. Uh, we're playing France in France, a pivotal game, both winning their first games well last weekend. No sexton. Joey Carberry in for the first time in the Six Nations. Yeah, hard to believe, you know, Joey Carberry, he's only 26, I think, but he, it feels like he's been around for a long time. But yeah, his first ever start in, in the Six Nations. Um, now, he's had his injury problems as well, as we know, throughout his career. But um, being thrown in uh, at the deep end for in terms of a first start in the Six Nations tomorrow, for sure. Um, a huge blow, as you said, with Sexton being out. And it came as, you know, I don't think, in fairness to the Irish camp, that they were, they were keeping this under wraps. It did seem to be a genuine issue that only arose yesterday with his hamstring. Uh, so he's going to be a massive loss. I mean, he's such an important player for Ireland, even at the age he's at. Nobody has managed to wrestle that number 10 jersey off him yet. So, um, you know, a massive opportunity for Carberry. And a lot of people have been saying that Jack Carthy should have got the start. Well, Carberry gets the opportunity tomorrow. And it's up to him now to, to stake a claim for that for that you know second in line for the number 10 jersey and, and put those injury problems behind him. It's going to be a huge one. Um, I personally think it's going to be too much of a blow for Ireland to, to, to cope with. Uh, I think... They just might come up short of this one. It's, it's going to be very tight, but Sexton is just such an important player for them. And for them to lose him so late in the week as well, I think it's going to have a massive impact. And uh, I'd be a bit bit worried for Ireland in that one, to be honest. You going for France? I'm going for France, I'm afraid, yeah. Yeah, no surprise there. Now, we played Wales last week and they're at home to Scotland. Now, Wales shot a lot of players, as you mentioned, with us last Friday. This is a massive game for them. The Scots on the back of a fine victory uh, themselves over England. This is an intriguing game. It is. and Scotland haven't actually won in Cardiff since 2002. So looking to, to put that 20-year uh, spell behind them and, and get the win. Um, they have a new front row, Scotland. But as you said, you know they were very good last week. Wales still missing. The bulk of the guys we talked about last week are still out. So they've made a few changes, but they're still missing so many key players. Uh, I think... Scotland's tails are up after that win over England and even notwithstanding the changes they made to their front row, I still think they'll they'll have enough and I think they'll, they'll break that uh, 20-year sequence of not having won in Cardiff tomorrow and I think they'll get the win. I won't even ask you to preview England-Italy. It's an England win there all the way. Let's move yeah. on. Let's move on to uh, soccer and the Premier League and talk about the top two. It looks to be a two-horse race now at this stage between City and Liverpool and perhaps City even look uncatchable. They're at Norwich tomorrow and you have to say, Dean Smith, he's done a wonderful job with the Canaries. Yeah, he has and they've, they've improved under him. I mean, I still think they're they're in a lot of trouble as we know from looking at the table. They're still third from bottom uh, They've they've picked up two wins on their last five, so they've they've definitely kind of come into a bit of form, and he steadied the ship to an extent. Um, but you know, again, Jerry, you're talking about the top of the table. Hard to look past City at this stage for the league, and you know you're, you'd have to put them put them as like heavy favourites to win this one. It's hard to see anything other than a City win. Um, Norwich will be, you know, I'm sure will be scrappy, and they'll try and set up to to get a point maybe. But really and truly, like you'd have to say, City are going to probably win that one, and, and arguably probably win it comfortably as well. I would say. You'd also expect then Liverpool to win at Burnley, who are really struggling themselves. And Liverpool, you know, they lost the uh, main men to the African Cup of Nations, but Jota has stepped up to the mark. Yeah, absolutely. And again, last night, like, fantastic. Um, the only thing you could say maybe here is they played they played last night, they're playing again on Sunday. So maybe that short turnaround might, might catch them a bit. But, you know, Burnley got a, got a good point against Manchester United during the week. So again, like under Sean Dyche, they're going to be 
they're going to be tough to beat. They'll be physical. The weather up there in the north, in the north part, northern part of England, there it can be a little bit uh, unpredictable at times. But you'd, again, you'd fancy Liverpool to get to get the win there, and it's it's very difficult. I mean, whatever about Watford and Norwich, it's really difficult to see Burnley getting out of that. They're, they're rock bottom at the moment, fourteen points from twenty matches. Um, it's really difficult to see Sean Dyche pulling this one off and I think his luck might have finally run out in terms of escaping relegation with Burnley. Just to look at one more Premier League game, uh, yesteryear it would have been a, a championship match or t- teams going for the title, uh, Everton against Leeds. It's now a relegation scrap, but there's a real edge to this. Lampard at Everton, Bielsa at Leeds. Yeah, and for people that, that follow these things closely, they'll remember that uh, Lampard and Bielsa had a bit of a spat a few years ago when, when Frank Lampard was the Derby County manager and Leeds were accused of spying on, on Derby County's training. And um, Bielsa went on to give, a, I think, about a four-hour um, presentation to the journalists about what sort of preparation they do to kind of dispel that. So there was a bit of needle there, for sure. Um, and I can only imagine the sort of welcome Frank Lampard will get whenever he goes back to Ellen Road. But uh, this one's at Goodison, as we know. Everton with that really poor performance against Newcastle during the week. And to be honest, Richard Derry, I'm not sure what you think about it. I thought Lampard's appointment was a very strange one from, from Everton's point of view. They just seem to be lurching from one um, kind of manager to the next without really thinking it through or having a, a strategy. Um, and Leeds got a good result away at Villa during the week, scored three goals in the process. Um, I, I'd give Leeds an odd for that one. I think Everton are, are really going to be in trouble. And the only thing that might save Everton is that there are three teams probably in Norwich, Watford and Burnley worse than them in the division but I, I think they're going to be in real trouble and the signings they made in the window I don't think are really going to help them out much either. Now let's switch to GAA. The boys are taking a rest this week but the girls are certainly in action and Mead ladies come up against old foes on the first week of the campaign. Cork visitors to the Royal County. Yeah, massive buzz around the around the county for this one. Um, people are getting an opportunity to get back out to see matches in Mead ladies starting their National League campaign against Cork and having my own and uh, Nice Avian has been beside herself with excitement, looking forward to this one all week. So we'll be in at that one tomorrow in Navin. No Vicky Wall for me. She starts on the bench. I'd expect a huge crowd to be at this one. And it's going to be a really exciting game. As you mentioned there, a little bit of form from last year. Cork beat Mead in the opening round of the uh, All-Ireland Championship. But then, of course, Mead beat Cork in the semi-final. An extraordinary circumstances in Crow Park. I think Brendan Cummins still isn't the better of that one. Two goals in the last five minutes for Mead. Um, and getting one right at the death. Took it to extra time and won it. So that was an incredible game and we'll be hoping for similar entertainment on Saturday. Cork will be out for revenge, of course, to get uh, one over Mead after that game. But it's going to be a fantastic occasion in Park Talk and I expect to be a big, there'll be a big crowd there cheering on Mead and lots of people there to see their heroes in action. It's going to be a fantastic day and hopefully Mead can get the win. And the hurling leagues continue. Quick word, Mead against Down. Mead going for their second uh, win in a row. Yeah, Mead beat Kildare last weekend, a good win for them, albeit they, they hit 11 wides in the first half when they had the win behind them, so they'll need to sharpen up on their shooting a bit for Sunday against Down. Down beat Carlo by a point last week, so again, Mead and Down, it's going to be a tight enough game. Mead maybe with the home advantage, it has been moved to trim in case anybody was wondering, it's not in Park Talton anymore. Um, I think Mead will just about get across the line in that one, it's going to be, it's going to be close, it's going to be tight. Um, and as you mentioned there, Loud are taking on Common. both of those games will feature on Sunday Sport. Loud lost to Armagh. Last week by a point, I know Loud manager Paul McCormack was very disappointed with that. Darren Gagan hit nine points for them and he'll be looking to repeat that one. Uh, Roscommon drew with Tyrone. Loud at home advantage. I'd, I'd fancy them to get the better of Roscommon in that one. Those two games, as we said, will be will be live on Sunday Sport, Jerry. With David Sheehan, who'll be back with us on late lunch next weekend as the League of Ireland season begins. David, for today, thank you for joining us. No problem, Jerry. Thanks a lot. Thanks, David. Congratulations to Margaret Riley and Jackie Tolan, who both get a pair of tickets to the John Prine Tribute Band Nationwide Tour Bruised Orange Tour that begins in the Spirit Store in Dundalk this Sunday. John Prine from the USA, of course, was the answer I was looking for. Big thank you to your listeners who join us every day, to our guest this week and to my producer, Louise Walsh. Couldn't put this together every day without her. Join us on Monday for a special Palentine's Day on Late Lunch. Yes, it is. Eddie Caffrey's raring to go with the drive next. Stay with us on LMFM Radio. We'll see you Monday, 1.30. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps to detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.